thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Target Field in Minnesota. It's the Minnesota Twins 3, your Cleveland Indians nothing. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And it was not very enjoyable last night if you were an Indians fan. Let's dig into the game. Let's dig into the box score. The Indians get shut out on only two hits, while the Minnesota Twins score three runs on three solo home runs in back-to-back-to-back, not at-bats, but innings. Uh, They have six hits on the day. And it was not a pretty game if you were a Cleveland Indians fan. It's not that it was an ugly game. We didn't get blown out or anything like that, but we didn't do anything. We only mustered two hits, and both of those hits, one from Francisco Lindor, one from Bradley Zimmer, were weakly hit ground balls to second base. Uh, Lindor's was deep in the hole in second base and just beat out the throw, and Sano struggled to get back to the bag at first base. And Zimmer's was a big chop. He hit a big chop up the middle to second base and beat it out because he's lightning fast. So that's it. No line drive base hits, no singles up the middle, no nothing. No, no, No extra base hits. That's it for the Indians, those two hits. And I... We struck out 11 times on the game, but it's it's not like we were getting blown away by anybody. Maeda, the starter for the Twins, went six innings, one hit, zero earned runs, a walk, and six strikeouts. And what we said yesterday is he averages about nine strikeouts per uh, per nine innings, and that's exactly what he did here. He was on pace for nine strikeouts per nine innings. So uh, pretty up at pace with what we expect from Maeda. And then the bullpen comes in from Minnesota, and more of the same. May goes an inning. He gives up a hit and a walk. We did have a little bit of a threat there, but they get out of it. I believe that was the seventh inning, and I believe that he punched out. Oh, Domingo Santana grounded out. That's right. He grounded out back to the pitcher to end that threat. So it was a real threat. We had Lindor on. Bradley Zimmer walked. So we had a real threat going, and Domingo Santana grounds out to pitcher to end that. And then Stashak pitches a decent inning. One gives up a walk. That's it. Two strikeouts. And then Taylor Rogers again comes in in that ninth inning. Gets two strikeouts. We at least made him work a little harder tonight. We made him throw 13 pitches as opposed to, I think it was six pitches last night. So at least we made Taylor Rogers work a little more, but still nothing there. For the Indians, Carrasco goes six innings, six hits, three earned runs. Like we said, it was three solo home runs a walk, and five strikeouts. So, I mean, Carrasco, for the most part, was pitching good, but he made three mistakes, and he made three mistakes to power hitters for Minnesota. The rest of the pitching for the Indians, Simber and Cam Hill come in and pitch the seventh and eighth inning, and they have clean innings. Simber had one strikeout. Let's talk about those home runs given up to the Twins. The first one to Sano really wasn't that bad of a pitch. Uh, Sandy Leon was calling for a fastball down and away, and it just crept up a little bit. It wasn't down. It wasn't down at the shins where Leon was kind of calling it for because Carrasco was ahead in the count on that one. I think just 0-1 on the count. And it was a fastball that just rose up above the knees, and Sano turned on it. Okay, it happens, right? Guys like Sano are going to turn on fastballs from time to time. The next one is Sano... He tried to throw him. It was a flat-breaking ball, but it didn't break very much. Again, Leon was calling for it down under the zone. They wanted it to bottom out, and 
it was right down the middle of the plate. He couldn't have thrown him an easier. I, I don't know if it was an attempt at a slider or a curve because it didn't have much break, but it was right down the pipe and he crushed it. And then for Eddie Rosario, it was the same thing. It was the first pitch of the at-bat. And it looked like he was just trying to throw a get-me-over curveball, just like get a strike one with this curveball, and left it way too down the middle. And Eddie Rosario is not going to mess around with that. He crushed it for a home run. So, again, it was three mistakes. The first one wasn't too bad, but it was three mistakes and turned into three solo home runs. So on the day, Carrasco did not pitch terrible. And, you know, a three-run a three run deficit should not be insurmountable. We have good hitters on this team, and we should not be struggling to score three runs a game. So, you know, I got to say, Cresco, Cresco did not do terrible. I, we should have been able to support that. We should have been able to take care of this for him, those three home runs. And uh, we just weren't. So... Let's take a little bit of a look at what is happening with our batters. Let's take a look at some of the numbers. I was digging into fan graphs on our number three and our number four hitters. And is there anything here that we can gleam that would show why Francisco Lindor is struggling so much? And looking at, it's interesting because we're going to look at Francisco Lindor and we're going to look at Carlos Santana. And it's kind of opposites here. So for Francisco Lindor, he hits a lot of ground balls. Uh, in 2019, he hit 220 ground balls to only 184 fly balls and only 99 line drives. It's a little more even in 2018 and 2017, where it's over 200 ground balls and fly balls. This season, he's hit only seven ground balls to 12 fly balls and five line drives. So... He's not hitting the ground balls. So I'm guessing that's where a lot of singles come from, shooting the ball through the hole, shooting the ball back up the middle. And he's not doing that right now. He's not getting the ground balls that probably turn into hits for him. Um, and then the pitches. What pitches is he seeing? Well, his fastballs are way down. Every season he's been with the Indians, he's seen over 50% fastballs. Right now, they're only throwing him 43% fastballs. So clearly, they are trying to stay away from throwing him fastballs. His sliders are up. He's seeing 18% sliders. The most he'd ever seen before was 14%. And change-ups are way up. I mean, early in his career, it was 12-13%. Last year, it was up to 15.7%. Now he's up to 17.2% change-ups. So they are definitely working off-speed pitches to try to get Francisco Lindor off balance. And it's working because he's not getting those ground balls. And uh, looking at some of the pitch values here, the uh, there's a stat, W fastball. So basically, fastballs runs above average. And these are things where you all want to be in positive numbers, not negative numbers. Last year on fastballs, he was 18.5 runs above average. The year before, he was 23.4 runs above average on fastballs. This year, he's sitting at negative 0.02. And he's negative numbers on every pitch. And uh, except for curveballs where he's at zero. So he is, uh, he is definitely struggling with even the pitches that he usually destroys. I mean, last year, 18.5 was the only number he could hang a hat on. Uh, in 2018, he would destroy changeups. He was at 16.4 on changeups. Last year was only 0.7. So something is happening where he is sitting on these fastballs, not getting them this year, and really struggling with changeups, uh, 
and sliders and and yeah and so something has to change with his approach at the plate because they've definitely changed the way they pitched him at least in this early season so let's take a look at Carlos Santana maybe the the data says something similar about Carlos Santana so for Carlos Santana it's actually the opposite he's hitting way more ground balls well not way more but he's hitting more ground balls than fly balls and line drives right now so for Carlos Santana, he's had 11 ground balls, seven fly balls, and only two line drives. So that's a little bit different. In years past, uh, last year he did hit more ground balls. He was at 211 ground balls, 176 fly balls, and 80 line drives. But in the past, he's had more fly balls than uh, than ground balls. And so uh, for him, he needs to even things out a little bit. He needs to find some line drives. He needs to... Uh, I would love to see him using the the gaps in the outfield. I, I love when Carlos Santana goes to the opposite field, and we're just not seeing it out of him right now. I, I swear, on some of the swings last night, he looked like he was trying to kill the ball to right field, trying to hit home runs with every swing in the bat. And that's not when Carlos Santana goes good. When Carlos Santana go good, goes good, he's swinging for doubles. And we need to see some more of that. His pitch percentage is, he's definitely seeing way more sliders. Uh, he was always around 10, 11, 12. Last year was up to 14. This year he's up to 19.6% sliders. His fastballs have also gone down. He was in the 50s most of his career percent with fastballs. Last year was 49.4. Now he's down to 43.5. So again, people are not throwing fastballs to the Indians. They are mixing in the breaking balls. His curveballs are up to 14.5% from 11.5% last year. He hasn't seen as many change-ups. They have laid off. Uh, his change-ups are down a little bit. So for Carlos Santana, it's the curves and the sliders that are doing him in. And that uh, runs created for pitch type, again, everything is down. Last year, he was 11.3 on fastballs. This year, it's negative 0.2. He is doing okay with sliders. Yeah, 1.5 with sliders. But in his past career, I mean, his highest on sliders was a 4.9. So uh, last year, everything was positive numbers except for, what is that, split-fingered fastballs. So yeah, so on the pitches he normally handles, the the fastballs, the curveballs, the change-ups, it's not going well. So that's a little bit of what the data tells us about what's going on with this Cleveland Indians team. And I don't know what he does. Does he mix around the lineup? Does he... Does he try some different guys off the bench? I know he's waiting for some guys to get healthy again. We're not getting much production from the catcher position. We're not getting much production from the bottom of the lineup, period. Does he try mixing in Freeman or Yu Chang at all? Does he I I it's a two o'clock game, it's an afternoon game. Let's let's start Yu Chang. Let's give Ramirez or Lindor the day at DH. Uh, you know they did great at DH the last time, and I know we want these guys in the field every day because they're great defenders, but Let's get some guys in there. Let's get some fresh meat in there and see if it can spark anything on offense. So we'll see what the lineup is for today. Uh, my MVP for a day, oh, I, I guess I'm going to give it to Bradley Zimmer. I mean, Crasco pitched fine, and I guess I'll give it to Bradley Zimmer because he, he did have a hit. He also walked, so he was on base twice, and he had a stolen base, and he had a diving catch in center field. Ranging to his right, he laid out and stole a hit away from someone. So I guess I'm going to give Bradley Zimber my MVP for a day. I realize I didn't do it yesterday. I guess in these losses, I have a really hard time picking out my MVP for a day. 
Yesterday, it was really hard because, I mean, Clevenger pitched, did not pitch great, and we talked about that. And uh, Jose Ramirez had the only run scored of the day. Uh, Fumio Reyes had the only RBI. So I guess I'll give it to Jose Ramirez for yesterday. He was he was on base twice, a hit and a walk, and scored a run. But for today, I'm going with Bradley Zimmer. And hopefully someone at this 2 o'clock start today can give me a better candidate for MVP for a day because it's been a struggle in some of these losses. You you know, even in a loss, you'd hope some guys perform well. Some guys have something to hang their hat on. And I'm telling you, in a shutout where you only get two weak hits to the second baseman, there is not much to hang your hat on. All right, the pitching matchup for tomorrow. Aaron Savale is going for the Indians. Let's see if he can do what he did in his first start and keep those hitters off balance with his arsenal of pitches. It looks like Tyler Clippert is starting for the Twins, which might mean a bullpen day for the Twins. So we will see what happens there. If it is a bullpen day, then hopefully, you know, no one gets locked in like Maida did, like uh, Dobnik did the day before. So hopefully if none of their pitchers have a chance to get locked in, we can take advantage of this bullpen day and get something going and get one of these bullpen guys into trouble. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Minnesota. It's the Twins 3, the Indians nothing. We'll be back tomorrow for that Savali versus the bullpen game. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. I want this show to be a show by a fan for the fans, and I need fan comments to do that. So tweet at me. Let me know your thoughts. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and we'll play them back on air. Respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>